Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hey everybody, Uh, welcome back to Parenting Today. Uh, If you joined us on Tuesday, you know that we're talking about social media, and as always, we talk about the creational good there, and then we talk about the effects of the fall, and we really focused in on communication and how um, that has been poisoned and hindered by the fall. Uh, We also talked about depression and anxiety. I mean, we mentioned briefly uh, some of the sexual sin that takes place um, online and through social media, but did not spend a lot of time on that because we have an entire... Uh, episode on pornography, um, but really we were we were ending as Kurt was bringing up a, a good point on depression and anxiety, um, and really Kurt, you, you know, you're talking about, and this is using a term I think from the uh, CNN documentary called Being 13, which people can check mm-hmm. out check out on YouTube. It's a 45 minute documentary that follows around 13 year olds and how they use social media, but how social media is a scoreboard for popularity. Um, mm. So, Kurt, why don't you pick up just kind of explaining that briefly and what you were saying, and then we'll lead into um, some ways in which we can redeem uh, social media. Well, you know, if, if you listen, uh, if you listened to our previous episode on Tuesday, um, then uh, just very quickly, what uh, what I'll what I'll say is is that you know there has always been social hierarchy among youth that is never going away. Um, you know, there are going to be cool kids and uncool kids athletic kids and unathletic kids, smart kids and not smart kids, you know, all the way through funny kids and not funny kids, whatever it is that your student is good at, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be things he or she's bad at and he or she excels at. That's all that's never going away. Um, But what has changed is that now there's just this number associated with how valuable they are. Um, And it's how many likes they get and how many friends and how many followers and, uh, and that, and so there's this just quantifiable number that that really tells them their worth. Um, it tells them what they are worth, um, and to their friends, to the people that matter to them most. And look, you know, I'm a youth minister. I'm the first to say, you know, that is an idol, and you don't need to worship that. But it would be foolish of us not to realize how that is such a huge mitigating factor in how our students perceive and progress through the world. Um, and that, you know, to, to scroll through their feed and to see their friends receive 10 times or five times more likes, um, to have it, it just, it, it just puts right in their face, um, that they're not accepted. They're not significant. They're not worth it. And then I also say for the students who are receiving all those likes, because we're called to minister to them too, is that like it is just puffing up these students and making them think that they don't need Christ and that they are just fine and that everything is working out well for them. Um, so uh, it, the flip side, that's also tough. Um, but it's just that quantifiable factor that uh, we want to be as parents and as youth workers, we want to be um, sensitive uh, to that fact. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kurt, just as you said, you know, the other end of the spectrum there is that you know the the beautiful and the popular are getting all the likes and are getting all the followers, but we as Christians know that that 
identity is not secure. And so those people mm. are insecure as well. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Donna Freitas in her book, The Happiness Effect, um, talks about it. She interviewed, you know, thousands of college students and them confessing, admitting, look, I'm, you know, struggling with depression. I'm not happy. I'm anxious. Um, that one of those uh students that she interviewed was a beauty queen, sorority, you know, popular girl who just was miserable. Um, and so mm-hmm. even those people are insecure because ultimately we know um, that identity can be taken from you, you know, in seconds. Uh, that wh- wh- whatever it is, all the followers, all the likes, everything um, are not going to keep someone secure and safe that ultimately we know that uh, we need to be pointing students to the gospel um, and showing them that their identity is secured in the finished work of Jesus Christ, that if they have faith in Christ, um, they are a child of God, and that can never be taken away. And I know that is true and that is right, and we need to be communicating that as parents, but we need to be patient at the same time, that you know, a teenager mm-hmm. isn't just going to hear that once and be okay, um, that they need to be reminded of that. And as parents and youth workers, we need to be sensitive uh, to their struggles in this area because... You know, as we've said plenty of times um, on the local youth worker podcast and will on this podcast, we as adults struggle with these same things um, day after day, you know, so um, we need to be, you know, sensitive and not just dismissive um, of teens who are really, you know, struggling with this. Um, so any, anything else you want to say about that as we kind of move into the redemption, Kurt, or any, no, any, any I, to, I new think- topic to mention? No, I think that leads kind of perfectly into how we're going to redeem social media or how Christians can be on social media um, in a way that honors God um, and uh, promotes uh, the gospel. And I think maybe the first thing that parents need to hear about social media is that you're—maybe this isn't true for you, but for an overwhelming majority of you, I, I'm going to assume that it's true, is that you're just as addicted to praise and adoration and affirmation as your students are. And some of you are on Facebook all the time um, and you're getting that little dopamine hit uh, when someone likes your post or agrees with you about, you know, whatever it is that, you know, old boring parents post about. But um, (laughs) the uh, speaking, speaking from a youth perspective, um, but I always joke with my dad that his Facebook posts should have chapters because um, they're so long. <laughs> uh, and um, I call them sagas. <laughs> and, I, need, but, I need to send a friend request but, to your father. Uh, hey, listen, if you want to see pictures of a garden, then you just get ready because you're going to get some and a lot of stories about the weather. <laughs> and <laughs> all right, let's, let's veer, veer right. back on. But uh, Kurt, I think I think you're uh, you're bringing up a good thing that you know as we start thinking about you know boundaries and you know setting mm-hmm. boundaries. I, I think first and foremost, we don't need to think about boundaries for our children. I think it, we need to be thinking about boundaries for ourselves. That yeah, um, more is more is caught than taught. Yes. So if your students are. If your students are uh, constantly on social media, the, maybe the, one of the first questions you need to ask is, what are you constantly on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, let's just take the parent, for example. If the parent is communicating in the home, you know, these boundaries and saying you, you can't be on social media at these times or whatever it is. But if the student is always looking at their parent, holding their smartphone, looking at their smartphone, um, 
then you're modeling something different. And so we've got to model mm. this to our, our children. And so we need to be as parents, as youth workers. And, and I'll say this, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 38 as well, Kurt. We're, we're older kind of in the youth ministry realms. I'm seeing, you know, these mm. younger youth workers and I'm thinking, look, you're, you're just like a teenager. I mean, the, the, you pick up your phone all the time. You're all, you're looking at your phone all the time that we do need to set an example and we do need to model um, some appropriate boundaries and restrictions. Um, I mean, Kurt, I know you and I have had some of these discussions and we've both, I mean, we don't have this figured out. We have not arrived in this area. We're, you know, fellow pilgrims struggling, um, but we've both taken steps to try to, you know, be on social media less, be on our phones less. Um, because again, I mean, our, our children are watching us. And so first and foremost, I think, you know, as we're talking about redeeming social media and kind of setting up boundary, boundaries, it has to start with the parents or, and the youth workers. Mm, I agree completely. And so um, we and parents need to have that. Um, they need to have the confidence, which is real. It's really hard for them to do, but they need to have the confidence to say, OK, well, these are going to be our family rules about what we do with our phones. You know, I, there's a minister at our church um, and he talks about his family rules and he says that he explains to his children. I think this is genius, although I'm sure he would say that he didn't come up with this. But he says, you know, he tells his kids, look, there are God's rules and everyone has to follow God's rules. No one gets a choice in that. You know, you know, you think about the Ten Commandments, don't steal, don't murder, don't lie, don't commit adultery, honor the Sabbath honor your father and mother. These are things that everyone has to do, right? But then also there are your family rules. And these are the things that we do because this is our family, right? And so we um, keep our phones um, downstairs in a basket in the kitchen. I'm just, I'm, I'm making these up as I go along, but, um, and we don't take them into our rooms and that's our family rule or we don't uh, do this or that. And you know, the, th- the great thing about talking about this with your children is, is that like you can have some say in the family. The family rules can be amended. All right. Mom and dad get to set the family rules. You get a say in it, though. You can make your argument, um, but they can be amended. They're not like God's rules. All right. They're, they're not. But these are our family rules. And I think parents need to have family rules about uh, about phones and social media um, and, and what we do. And uh I, I think a lot of parents don't feel the power to do that. I think a lot of parents, uh, in fact, I know this to be the case, is that I have a lot of parents who feel like they are just swimming upstream. And, um, and you know, they like they might say, well, I'm just not going to let our daughter be on Snapchat. Um, but then, you know, two years later, she's on Snapchat and they're like, well, you know, just everybody, everyone else is doing it. And like she was like, I'm literally the only one who's not doing it. And we you know, we just got tired of fighting the fight and, um, you know, and we got tired of making her feel like she was the weird one or she's the left out one. And, and, and so we let her get on Snapchat and my heart goes out to those parents. I I think I want to say two things to them. And I have said two things to them. One is like, that's a real thing. Like if you decide that your child is not going to be on some social media platform, like let's just use Snapchat as an example. All right. Well, your child is going to miss out. And in some ways, that's a really easy decision for you to make because you don't have to bear any of the cost of it. OK, they are going to miss out on something and they will be left out of things or not know about things. And that's a decision that you're making for them, but they will bear the cost of that decision. Um, 
But at the same time, I also want to say, uh-oh, um, something just happened over at John's house. John, are you still there? <laughs> I'm, I'm here, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, the, uh, either a cat died or a really squeaky door was open. It's I'm not a, sure. It's a squeaky that, door. Okay. All right. Thank goodness. I was worried about your cat. Um, but the other thing that you need to, we need to consider is, is that like, you don't get to live the Christian life and fit completely in with the world. Like that doesn't happen. Like nowhere does Jesus say, come and follow me and you will look just like everybody else and everything will be just fine. He doesn't say that. He says, deny yourself take up your cross. And so we have to kind of weigh the balance between those two things. One, we are called to be different and possibly be left out of things for Christ. At the same time, like it's really easy as a parent to just be like, all right, well, you're just not going to do that. We're not going to let you do that. And, um, and let your children pay the cost for your convictions because that doesn't cost you anything. And don't be surprised if you choose, if you err on that side, don't be surprised as soon as they get out of your purview or out of your sight that they run to the things that you kept them from sprint to them um, with arms wide open um, as soon as they get away. So we want to, we want to kind of strike a balance. I think parents, you know, and this is not, this is easier said than done, but strike a balance between those two extremes, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does, you know, I agree completely with what you're saying that the parent can enforce a restriction, but then they don't have to bear the consequences. Um, but at the same time, I do know, you know, and, Sorry, I'm quoting Tim Keller again, but I think it's Tim Keller. Who's that again? <laughs> I think it's uh, t- Timmy K, uh, as we call him on the show. He uh, he says, yeah. you know, you're only as happy. Big fan, big fan of the pod. Huge fan of the pod. <laughs> he says, you're only as happy as your saddest child. Um, and so, mm. you know, as a parent, you are going to be dealing with, you know, the, the sadness the child might have, but then also just the, the frustration they may have as they, you know, um, argue with you over it, which is, you know, important as, uh, I think this is implied, but, but as you're setting up boundaries, I think it's vital that you communicate why you're putting these in place and, and hopefully, you know, communicating some of the, the dangers that are out there, some of the statistics that are even out there and, um, communicating those mm-hmm. to your children. And I mean, yes, there might come a point where, um, you know, there's just arguing and disagreeing and you just laying down the law as a parent and saying, I'm sorry, you don't agree with this, but I'm, I'm your parent and I'm enforcing this. Um, so the parents are, are going to eventually have to draw the line in the sand um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, um, I'm thinking of uh, Tony Reinke. Uh, he is the author of the book, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And I'm trying to remember mm. uh, the title. He was on a podcast for the Gospel Coalition and it's something like, 12 practices uh, for, you know, social media or, or something uh, along those lines. I can look up that title in a minute, but he did say kind of some advice on there. One is, uh, you know, to delay social media as long as possible. Uh, I mean, that's one, mm. one step he says is just, you've got to delay social media as long as possible um, for your, your preteens and your teens. And, you know, some Parents might just roll their eyes at that, but let's point back to the statistics on this. I mean, children are are being destroyed. And I know some people are going to say, John, that language is too harsh, too strong. Um, you know, it's uh, just, you know, creating fear, anxiety in people by using that kind of language. But again, just pointing to the statistics. I mean, I can say, you know, I've talked to students face to face of just the struggles that they're dealing with here. And so I think delaying this as long as possible is is some good advice that he gave. And then also the second thing, delaying smartphones as long as possible. 
Um, those were two things that he said. And um, I think, again, just, you know, there are so many options, uh, you know, for students to be able to, you know, keep up with their parents if their parents are wanting to stay in touch with them. I think it's Gizmo by Verizon as a watch, you know, that allows a certain number of phones to be connected to it. They can receive texts from those phones and communication and has a GPS on it. Um, there's just a lot of different options now where parents can keep up with their children and, you know, you can get a flip phone um, for a preteen if you want, but but even giving them a smartphone and Reinke goes in to um, just the more explanation there, but we know giving them a smartphone just opens a world that they are not yet ready for at a young age. You know, 10, around the age of 10 is um, kind of the average age for smartphone use uh, being, you know, given to 10-year-olds. Um, but as you give them that, I mean, that is a powerful device that they are not mature enough or ready to handle. And so, yes, I know those first two things he said, delaying social media as long as possible, delaying smartphones as long as possible, those can sound very strong, but I think it's important uh, to, to to practice those as parents. And then as you're saying, Kurt, you also have to start introducing this technology. Um, I believe at, at a certain age, while they're still in your house uh, to get them ready for it, because, you know, they are eventually Lord willing going to leave the home and uh, they can't just leave the home. And then as they're leaving at the age of 18, you give them a smartphone um, and then they just have to figure it out. So, you know, while I'm saying be strict on some of these boundaries, also introduce the technology while they're still in your home and start teaching them how to use it. Um, and, you know, guarding their hearts ultimately. I mean, there's a lot of heart issues um, that are going to come to the surface uh, through our social media use. And maybe that's a good good place to go, Kurt. Do you, do you want to talk about any heart issues that are going to, you know, come to the surface with students as they're engaging with social media? Because ultimately, as parents, we need to be discipling the heart of the child. Um, so any, any thoughts there, Kurt? Well, I was just going to say um, that as far as like before we move to that, uh, as far as like delaying, you, I think a good place to be is that when, you're, when your child says, I'm the only one left who doesn't have a phone, I'm the only one who's not on whatever social media platform is popular, um, you know, I think that's a good place to be. That's a sign that you're doing things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be the, you want to be, you don't want to be early adopters. And I, I'll tell you this, I think. You know, I think that God in his mercy, um, that the that the worm is turning and that the world is turning on um, this idea that kids should have these phones. Mm-hmm. Do you know that in France they just passed a law that children are not allowed to have phones at school um, until after they turn 16? Wow, I didn't know that. Wow. Yes. And I, I mean, I, I would vote for that in a heartbeat. Here. Absolutely. I don't think it, I don't think it would ever pass here. But um but I would love for the state of I would love for the state of Alabama to. Um, uh, I don't know if you can hear that banging, but something is going on like in the roof above my office. Um, sorry about that. But I would love for the state of Alabama to pass that law. I, I, I firmly believe. Now this is going to be a hot take incoming, John, to prepare for this. But I firmly believe that you do not need a cell phone until you can drive. Um, I, I don't think that there's any. Um, reason to have one before you can drive. And I think a lot of, you know, I know a lot of our students are getting them when they're in fifth, sixth grade. And I think it's ridiculous 
And I think it, uh, I think that it is all, it's solely because one person got one. And so everybody else wanted one. And also because the parents are addicted to them. And so the kids want them, um, for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, I, you, you would be, you're going to have to be pretty, you're going to have to give me a pretty impressive argument to tell me that there is a real need for a cell phone, for a smartphone, for a child who can't drive, who is already dependent upon you to take them everywhere that they go. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and anyway, I, I'm, I just I'm think, with you. We, yeah, yeah I, I think we want to be the, I think we want to be on the far end of that spectrum, but all right. I, I got a little distracted. <laughs> Let me, um, I, I just had to go look up that CNN article really quickly, um, about, um, about France banning cell, banning cell phones for, in school for anyone. Um, so are you were looking that up while you were saying that? Yeah. Cause that was some pretty good focus um, there. Thank you. Well, you know what, another effect of social media is that we're, you know, we're always looking at more than one thing. We're having mm -hmm. to multitask. So, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about. Um, well, first, I'll, ju I'll jump we into the hard issues. Is that good? Well, before we do that, I, I know this is before we jump to hard issues. We also want to say that, like, I, I, we can't. I know we're going to run out of time, but we we can't pass over this. Like, there should be no such thing as privacy hmm. for your student with any kind of internet accessible device agreed yeah um they, they, they don't that i just want to empower parents who are listening to that your students don't have a phone you have a phone that you let your students use mm -hmm. and you are privy to everything that that phone is used for you're responsible whether you know it or not you're responsible for what they do with that phone legally morally and to god it's your phone okay it's your phone that you are giving to them and so there's no such Anything that can be done with that phone that can be hidden from you is something that, you know, should not be allowed. There's, there should be no such thing. You should have access to all of their accounts. You should have all of their passwords. And look, they're smarter than you. And if they really want to hide something, that's really a hard issue, which I think we're going to talk about in just a second. They're probably going to be able to hide it. But it should just be a non-starter um, that, that, that your children are afforded any kind of privacy on their phone. Um, that nothing good comes from that. Mm -hmm. Nothing. You're again, you're going to have to be, I'm good at arguing. I'm just going to say that. And you're going to have to be better than me at arguing. And we're going to have to be really good to prove to me that a 14 year old boy or a 13 year old girl needs privacy on their internet accessible device from mm -hmm. their mother, father who loved them, mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Really good. So, all right, let's yeah. talk about their heart issues because that's really yeah. what we want to talk about. We want to talk about how to, like how to help them guard their hearts so that when they are access, when they have access to the te this technology, that they use it um, in a way that honors uh, Jesus Christ. So, John, yeah. jump in on. Well, I mean, just again, echoing what you're saying, I, I do think what you're saying. Yeah, it is a hot take, but I'm in 100 percent agreement with you. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully parents will heed uh, some of that advice. Uh, yeah. Wrapping this up quickly, because we also want to give some cultural trends and, and resources uh, to be aware of, but just really just the, the basic statement of, as Christians, we have to be more discerning as we engage technology. Um, to me, it just seems like 
so many parents uh, are just picking up these devices without really thinking of what it's doing to their heart, and then they're giving them to their children without really thinking about the heart issues. But we, we have to, as Christians, we've got to be thinking about how often we're judging other people by what they post, you know, be it, you know, pictures or comments, um, you know, asking the Lord to, to reveal that to you, okay? Um, how are you passing judgment on this person for making this statement or for sending this picture? You've got to, to be aware of how your heart is prone to judge. It will do that frequently. And if you're doing it without, you know, thinking about it um, much, without, again, just being discerning about the way in which your heart is judging others, that's not a good thing because you're training yourself to judge people and you're training your children to judge people um, constantly through what they're posting, what they're saying. And so just, just asking that question about how you're, you know, judging others. And then, you know, coveting as well. Um, you know, and this might not just be possessions. You know, it could be the perfect family, you know, sharing family photos or being the most creative with, you know, this homeschool mom is doing this or, you know, this um you know, families, they were going to school for the first day. They did their first day photos this way. You know, we, we, mm. we covet in so many different ways, and we've got to be aware of how social media is feeding that. And then also, as we've already said, the d- depression and the, the sadness that's there. Um, and just the anger. I mean, you know, there's so much that people are sharing about, you know, political things or, um, you know, thoughts they have and opinions <laughs> that they have about, you know, their sports team. Uh, we've got to be cautious. I mean, you know, the, the main, we think of, you know, um, we are commanded to love God and to love others. Um, how are we loving others by what we post? Um, we've got to be cautious. I mean, even things, I've, I've heard someone use the example of, you know, we've got to be cautious when we're at the beach, for example, on vacation, and we take a picture saying, oh, this is such a restful, awesome time, and then we post it on social media. Well, your friend sees that as they're sitting in the office working, and they're thinking, oh, wow. I wish I could be at the beach right now, or I wish I had enough money to go to the beach right now, but I don't. Um, Mm. And so, you know, we might just, some might just dismiss that and say, you know, well, that's not my intent for sharing that picture. Well, as Christians, we don't have the luxury of dismissing that. We have to be thinking about how we are loving our neighbors online um, through social media. Uh, And so we just, we we need to be Can can I say something? Yes. Can I I jump in there real quick and say something? If you're listening to this podcast and you're not driving or doing anything, do me a favor and grab a pen and do this. On the left side of the paper, write what I said or what I posted or what I did. And then in the middle of the paper, write um, – um, sorry, on the left side of the paper, write what I meant when I posted or what I meant when I said or what I meant when I texted. And in the middle of the paper, put what I actually texted or what I, um, what, what I actually posted. And then on the far end of the paper, put how that post was received or how that text was received. An immature Christian is only going to take responsibility for that thing on the left. All right. This is what I meant. And this is what I take responsibility for. A slightly more mature Christian is going to take responsibility for the middle, for what I actually said. All right. Recognizing that what I said and what I meant aren't exactly the same thing. And and a really mature Christian or someone who, who understands like how communication works is going to take responsibility for the th- the um, what's written on the far right, how that post is received. They're going to take into account how that post or how that text or how that or how that comment was received. All right. Um, someone did that for me um, when I was in college and it blew my mind. Um, 
because I'd never even considered it. And I just couldn't help thinking about when you were talking about how oftentimes we don't think about how what we say is going to be received or we're dismissive of how it's received. And we say, oh, that's their problem or that's them just being jealous or that's them just being oversensitive. Um, But we're encourage one another and build each other up for this is right. Hmm. All right. That's a direct command from Scripture, Hmm. a direct command from Scripture. And I wonder if we are using social media. I, I would say the one way in which we can redeem social media is what if we used our social media account to build other people up mm-hmm. um, instead of using it as our own personal marketing, mm-hmm. um, the marketing division of our life. So that's one way in which we could do a, yeah. kind of a counter way to use social media. No, that, that's really helpful. Yeah. And, and like you said, Kurt, I think it's just, and you know, we're about to wrap this up, but, but, but we, we need to, as Christians, we cannot, just dismiss this. Um, as Christians, we have to, to be faithful um, and submit to Scripture and submit to the Lord. Um, we must be thinking about how we're affecting our neighbor, how we can love our neighbor better, um, and what's taking place in our own heart. And so um, if you're one of those people who's just glued to your smartphone and you're not thinking much, I hope this conversation just at least moves you to, to be more prayerful in your approach to how you use social media. Um, so, Kurt, again, as we said, we could probably have a few more episodes in this, and we most likely will in the future um, discuss mm-hmm. social media more. But as we're kind of closing this out, let's give some maybe a cultural t- trend or a resource. I mean, one of those things, and this is actually my friend Scott Bird uh, passed this article on to me. Um, it's an article entitled... Um, we now spend more time on Netflix than bonding with our children. Um, it mm. was published in Moneyish, I think is uh, uh, the name of the magazine uh, by Nicole Lynn. Uh, I'm going to butcher her last name, but you can look that up. Uh, but it just says, you know, new analysis. Pesky. Pesky. Thank you. I'm going to go with Pesky. Okay. P-E-S-C-E. Okay. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to guess. Okay. Good. Um, It says, you know, new analysis suggests many of us spend more time streaming than spending quality time together. Um, But you can make binge watch a family affair. So she's encouraging, you know, as long as you binge watch, have the whole family there. And without a doubt, we would say, yeah, you can share those um, episodes with your family or movies, uh, Mm -hmm. whatever. But we do need to think as Christians, you know, is that the, you know, the quality time that we need and of course we need quantity time and quality time uh, because we know many people mm. just dismiss the the quantity time by saying oh well it's quality time no we, we need both for sure um, and mm. for sure those memories with families can be spent watching movies um, but it's sobering to, to see that you know we're spending more time on Netflix than we do bonding with our children um, and we just need to be aware I mean mm. carrying this over to this discussion that we're having with social media We've got to put down to the devices. Um, we've got to have meals together as a family. We need to be able to get in the car and not have to pick up a device and, and talk to each other. Um, so, yeah, just having yeah. these face-to-face interactions. So that's some of what this article is bringing up. Mm. Yeah, uh, when you're taking your children to places, um, it's a great opportunity. They're going to jump on their phone unless you ask them or demand that they not. It's a great opportunity to talk to him. Um, I took my son to school this morning and uh, he asked to listen to music first. And after, so we listened to one song and then I turned the car, I turned the music down and just said, um, I just asked him about what was going to happen today. Um, And uh, I would just encourage parents not to, not, not 
to just yield that time to whatever, um, whether it's listening to music or being entertained by some device. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good, Kurt. Hopefully, again, this discussion has been helpful to others, um, but I think it's time for us to close out. That's right. Um, John, thank you so much. Um, thank you for all that you do for RYM. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Um, next Tuesday, uh, we're talking about uh, something very interesting. We're going we're gonna to talk about vaping and jeweling, I believe. So it'll be real interesting to talk about that. If you don't know what that is, then you, know, you can either Google it or you can sit in suspense for a few days. But we will see you guys later. All right. See you, Kurt.